0: Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan Read Through Podcast. This week, we're talking about Gardens of the Moon, Book 4, Assassins. My name is Peter Bond, and I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co hosts have not. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello. And the City of Cities himself, Joshua Baker. What's the plan, Darujistan? (laughs) <laughs> there you go. We're back. We're into it. It's been it's been a bit for us in in the real world, but we're here recording again.
1: Yes. I have some opening remarks, Peter?
0: Uh, I would love to hear them.
1: Um, so I just want to share that I'm back to the audiobook and I learned that you just have to listen when they're reading to understand what they're saying. That sounds like common sense. But I swear it's not.
0: It does sound very it does sound like listening would help with the audiobook.
1: All that to say, though, I'm back and I'm better than ever. I understand this book completely.
0: <laughs> your brain has expanded.
1: I I'm, I'm enlightened. I might as well be a character.
0: This
2: is a revitalized India. I love it.
1: You know what? I so it could have been that I just really didn't want to be at work today, but I was into it when I was listening. like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: you know, usually let's, let's it,
2: hope your boss isn't listening. Oh, I
1: know, right? <laughs> God forbid. But also. I do what I want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry.
1: hey And lastly, this audiobook reading was in total three and like three hours and like 15 minutes, which is absolutely ridiculous.
0: I just, Indy, I, I appreciate that. I just want to jump back to the sorry, not sorry thing. It doesn't feel like it got maybe the kudos I was looking for. <laughs> sorry,
1: get it? Oh, like it? that song. Like, like sorry. Song. No, it's like sorry. Like sorry the person. Like
0: Josh, uh, the character.
1: Uh, sorry, not... Sorry's not sorry.
2: <laughs> ah.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we got to circle back. Alrighty, moving on.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> and, uh... Take it away, me summarizing it. Hit it! Chapter 11 Kruppa dreams once more first of the ancient Talanai mass bone casters and the right of the imas kruppa encounters a pregnant woman of the native rivi tribe after the eruption of sorcery on the rivi plains tattersail's soul has been shifted into the child the child will be a bone caster and protected by Krull. krull warns kruppa before the child is born a silver fox fades away from the woman's stomach and the child is born the Bridgeburner's mission is underway in Darujistan. They tear up bricks off the city street and replace them with Maranth explosives. Whiskey Jack is haunted by Sari. Crocus' young hand visits Uncle Mamet. Crocus hopes to study under his uncle. Mamet says he could even become a councilman if he worked long enough. They speak about Darujistan being born on a rumor. The rumor of the tomb of a jagged tyrant filled with treasure and power. The tomb was never found, but the city cropped up in the Gadrobi Hills anyway. Sari tracks Kruppa to the Phoenix Inn. She kills the bouncer and sneaks inside. Crocus arrives as well, the coin of Opan falling from him for just a second. Crocus joins Kruppa and his friends to speak about the rumors around Moonspawn. Cole suggests dragons live inside. Elsewhere, Kalam and QuickBen work separate from the squad. Whiskey Jack has suggested contacting the local Assassin's Guild, offering them a contact to kill the city council, however, it appears someone has beat them to the punch. Kalam suggests a name he has heard the Eel. QuickBen plans to lure Ascendants to Darujistan and uses the Path of Chaos to slip into the Warren of Shadow hearing the howling of hounds. After Tattersail was engulfed in flame, Josh, you had a suspicion that maybe she was uh, less dead than it may initially appear. After seeing her fate in Kruppa's dreams, what do you think about that and uh, maybe this dream sequence in entirety?
2: Well, uh number 1 I was right, so feel pretty feel pretty good. Feel pretty good about that. Uh Touchdown. Yeah, number 2 uh Kruppa is just the wildest wildest fella cuz he's just so the the de- the guy, the guy in the dream, not cruel. The guy in the dream is from the Kruppa. No, the other guy.
0: <laughs> but not Kroll. Yeah. The Talana mask. Thank you.
2: So, he is from the same race that is now Bone People, but that's from back when they weren't Bone People.
0: Yes, that's correct. So,
2: in his dreams, he speaks with Elder Gods, travels great distances, and time travels.
0: But it's like a dream, you know? Okay. He's time, He's dream time All right,
2: traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, question. As we've said several times, we use this incredible PowerPoint to help us with some things. And, you know, some things I read, and they just make me go... You know what? Fuck this book. Okay. Uh, and so one is it specifically says <clears throat> that when they say kron talan amas in this chapter, it's missing the glottal stop apostrophe, which would denote past tense. I what? did
1: notice that what the,
2: too. Li- what the literal fuck does that mean? Because, because I know, yeah, I like while reading, I was like, oh, they're mm-hmm. missing an apostrophe here. Why is it not here mm-hmm. now? Like mm-hmm. wh- what?
0: What? From what I understand, and this is some some deep stuff. I think it's best if we can kick it over to a new segment I'm trying to start on the podcast that I'm going to be calling The Bone Zone. Bone Zone. (laughs) The Bone Zone. We'll work on that. Our producer is shaking his head at us. Yeah, I feel so (laughs) unsafe right now. All right. And what what, what are we doing in The Bone Zone, you may ask? And that is right. We are just talking about the Talonai mass. So, uh Josh, I think the Talon, San's apostrophe, from what I understand, comes before they become skeleton people. So the, oh. and then the <laughs> apostrophe would denote after they are skeleton why, people. Why the fuck would we know that? I, I don't think you necessarily you would. Then but why I'm the just, fuck uh, did he do it? <laughs> well I, listen, I, I I don't know Get what to Harrison tell you. The here. Horn. I got a question for him. <laughs> India, did uh did you have any Talani mass thoughts since this is a new encounter with them after we met Onos Tulan last week?
1: That's a bad question.
0: <laughs> okay. Let me <laughs> It's
1: like you didn't even try.
0: <laughs> Alright. Let me let me try a second one. Let me let me step up to the fattest. <laughs> <of that>. Um <sighs> Krupa sees the Talani mass Mm. in their ancient form, and kind of learn. We learn more about the the ancient history of their people. How much of that did you did you jive with, or was it just kind of passing stuff as you were thinking more about the Krupa dream?
1: Um. Yeah. So my thoughts were. I felt like the whole uh, first like, I don't know, ten minutes could have been an entire chapter. There's just so much information packed into it.
0: There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the dream.
1: So I was having some trouble understanding the difference between the Talon and the Prawn? Pra
0: Yeah. So see, I actually wrote down a sentence that I found to be terrifically confusing. <clears throat> it's uh this is this is right at the beginning of the dream. I am Pranchol of keneg Tol's clan um, of among the Cron Talon. Which is you know, <laughs> it's it's just a tough sentence. To, you know, I think that's that's the character's introduction, and I think there's just a lot of words in there, you know. So,
1: which one is the, uh, like, the, the elder god?
0: Krull is the elder go- god. Krull. Oh. And then there's this Talanima's mass bonecaster, Pran.
1: Oh! Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And then the pregnant woman, who's from the present, or the future, yes. or whatever.
0: the pregnant woman's from the present, with the kind of reincarnated Tattersale. baby.
2: Now, question. Is she from the present or the past present? Like, is she from, like, the exact present? Or is she from, like, 20 years ago and actually Tattersail 2.0 is alive in the world already an adult?
1: But I thought that it's because she went through the warren and then she she, got all broken. She's from the
0: present present. Present
2: present. So there's going to be a baby born. That is Tattersail 2.0.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think later on, maybe in chapter 13, we uh, Krull, the Elder God Krull offers an update. And it's like, yeah, the child's with the rivi and growing. Okay, cool.
1: Okay, so Tattersail, she had a, like a, what do you call those things? A thing, uh, a spell, a curse, a thing on her that made her not die? Would she have died if she didn't have, and that's why she was like all like put back together after being torn apart?
0: It kind of had to do with the way she died, because you'll remember that she was kind of engulfed by Talon, which is like the warren of the Talonai Mass. So since she was like kind of killed by that, like this Talonai Mass magic helped soul shift her, from what I understand. And
1: why did they pick like, I mean, I guess it's just a dream. So she just kind of popped in and they were like, oh, there's a pregnant woman and they need a body and you're right here.
0: Yep. The the native Rivi people, I guess.
1: Okay. Yes. That was all my my thoughts on that. Krupa's annoying. Hmm? That's another thing. Kruppa, I like Krupa's when he like annoying. when he like he's like he, he's like really stern with someone. I think it's Tattersail. And he wants her to come on. And he's like, "I'm so nice, but I could also be stern."
0: And, <laughs> and he like pats think, himself on the back for funny that. funny as hell.
1: I was like, "You're so annoying." <laughs> but that was that. Moving on. All right.
0: En- en- enough Talana mass talk, enough Kruppa dream talk. Uh this is the f- uh, We'll let us let us move on to the bridge burners and say goodbye to the bone zone.
1: See you later, bone zone.
2: I'm not. I'm not gonna say goodbye. Oh. <coughs> Bro! That
0: was a little loud.
1: We're taking the D train to Derujistan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. As Krupa leaves Mammoth's estate. He sees, a, you know, this crew of people working on the roads, but then what's that? It's the bridge burners. They're putting the bombs in the street.
1: Yes. Whiskey
0: Jack f- is feeling particularly reminded of his haunted past. What did you think about Whiskey Jack seeing sorry and um, kind of his reflections on his own violence?
1: Yeah, okay. So I loved that part. Be- me too. Yeah, which is surprising for me to ever say that because I hate everything about this book. So th- this, was, <laughs> this chapter was a revelation. But... Yeah, I really liked it because I, I he doesn't exactly know what the situation is with sorry, but he knows that it's like not good. And he's like, oh, she looks young, but I can tell that she's old and she's done some shit and she's seen some shit that she shouldn't see. She shouldn't have seen to be just like the 17 year old girl, which I thought she was older than 17.
0: Nah, she's 17.
1: And, they're, and he's like, you know, she's not necessarily bad looking like she's a pretty girl, but she's not just a girl. But I don't know what exactly she's been through. Which I think, and then he's like, you know, I wonder when I see the deadness in her eyes, like I've done the same things and I don't want to be, you know, a bad guy. I'm a good guy. And I
0: actually, I, I pulled a quote, if, if I can read please. it. please. In the empty eyes of this child, he'd seen the withering of his own soul. The reflection had been unblemished with no imperfections to challenge the truth of what he saw.
1: I loved that. I think that this isn't a life that he would have, you know, I think he liked it, but he's really just kind of questioning his humanity at this point. And, you know, I do feel sorry for sorry, and we'll get to that later, but I do, you learn a little bit more about her now, and I'm just like, no wonder she's dead inside, kind of.
0: Yeah, she's kind kind of a husk in some way.
1: Yeah, but also not, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Josh, what did you think about uh, the Bridgeburners? Now that we're catching up with them on their mission, back with the boys,
2: uh, the boys, the boys.
0: <laughs> again.
2: Every single time I'm with the Bridgeburners, I like them more and more. They're just like, as I've said in any other book, they would be the entire set of protagonists, and they're very—I don't know—they're as much as this part was kind of lingering on like the dark parts. You just gotta love them. Also do, do love that they're just like, yeah, definitely a road crew. Super chill. Important road stuff.
0: Like, I guess Darugistan has lax zoning laws. That was was my
2: thought. Like, this place seems, like, pretty like, solid (laughs) in terms of, like, how the order of it goes. But they're just, like, yeah, fuck it. I guess we're tearing up the road today. No questions, that, and
0: no one questions the, it. Which, which I think Darujistan's probably just so big that like yeah. They I mean, can listen, it's twenty
2: nineteen, it. and if someone, if I walked out, what? it's twenty nineteen.
0: <laughs> okay, continue. No, it's like
2: twenty nineteen. If I walked out of my apartment and like my sidewalk was gone, and there were a bunch of guys in vests, I'd be like, huh. All right. So I guess so. I guess that, it works.
0: They're not replacing this with explosives. Yeah,
2: that's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Josh, after that, we, uh, we catch up with Crocus. And uh, he's stopping by to see his uncle. Talks about Derujistan and wanting to become more reputable. Mm. What did you think about uh, this little sequence?
2: I actually, I really like this sequence because, you know, we've only seen Crocus a little bit back in book two, I think,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Yeah.
2: we saw him then. And I mean, really, he's just presented as like a thief. Gets lucky a couple times. We don't really learn a ton about him, it feels like. And this is, and like, you learn that he's got like this weird uncle with like a little demon pet or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, didn't,
2: I didn't realize that like Crocus isn't, Noble or royal, but he is like high enough class to like. It sounds like pretty easily climb the social ladder of Durrudistan. So I, I found that interesting that he's like that's what he's born into, but he's so far been going this theory path. So I don't know, it's interesting. I didn't expect
0: that. In India, what did you think about this little conversation? And any thoughts about the rumor that Darujistan is born on?
1: That's what I was gonna get into, and that was like something about the jag jagat
0: jagat tyrant. There was
1: like this big war and people actually ended up settling, or maybe it wasn't a war. Maybe they were just trying I don't know what they were trying to do. They're trying to find them, I think. And um they just ended up settling in dirujistan and made because they couldn't find this ancient place. But my thing is, what's what was even the relevance of bringing that up? I mean, are they gonna find it? Is there something important there? Did they did they say that and I missed it? Who knows? Well, don't they? Because I know they're because oh, so, aren't I they so- currently looking for it now as well? Or someone is?
2: Well, hold on. Earlier, okay, well, the hold on. T- <laughs> Can I? I think I think we're gonna get into that next chapter, India. I think more gets expanded mm, on
0: the next chapter. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know it's mentioned somewhere. Yeah, I I'm just pretty sure. I'm pretty
2: sure it's twelve and thirteen that we like get. We we keep going with that. Yeah.
0: Okay. But I do think crawl. I don't know. Crawl talks about mm. it. I forget what he says yeah. when. Well, anywho's moving on. Moving straight along in the chapter. Um, the final, the two, two final things kind of really happen. We see, first, we see Sorry track uh, Crocus over to uh, the Phoenix Inn and kind of uh, stares at him and is being a kind of creepy little lady. Kills a dude going into the, go, kills a dude going into the bar. Josh, uh, any, any hot takes?
2: Sorry, not sorry, man.
0: Sorry, not sorry.
2: I don't know. I mean, it's pretty on, pretty on brand for her. Also, whoever owns this inn, like, do you think they hate their life or find them? I think they're the luckiest person. I Or like, is it both? I
0: think both. I like how this is, we see Mies and Arilta, the two kind of like barmaids. Oh yeah, um, they're fun. Like when the bouncer dies, I like how they're like, oh, like whatever. This is like, we're cool. <laughs> Uh, and I guess this will lead us into our next chapter. India, at the very end of the chapter, we see Kalam talk about contacting the assassins and Quick Band a slipping in to the Warren of Shadows. What, what did you think about this uh, little conver- this little conversation the two of them have?
1: At first, I was like, um, "What? why is he doing this? And I still don't really, like, going into the second chapter, you learn, a literally learn, like, what he's asking for. But I didn't, I still don't understand, like, Did he only go there, and I guess this is going to lead us into chapter 12 anyway, but um, did he only go there to find out the shadow place? Let me re-answer that question, because I, I, but I still don't, I, he went there and he was just like, please don't kill me,
0: so I don't. Let me, let's just go straight into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. All right. Chapter 12. Kruppa studies in the Chamber of Mammoth, reading about the crippled god. He wonders about Cole's comment about Moonspawn's dragon and how to catch his stalker. Mammon arrives and the two wonder why Crocus would want to start pursuing education. The Great Raven Crone tells Baruch of the mad puppet over the Rivie Plains. Baruch suspects the Malazans to be searching for the rumor of Durujistan, the barrow of a jagat tyrant. Quickben is escorted in the Warren of Shadows by Blind and the other hounds. He proves himself to Shadow Throne by naming all of the Hounds of Shadow. He is a former acolyte of House Shadow. Shadow Throne reminds him that the price of desertion is death. However, QuickBen strikes a deal. He blames Hairlock for the wounding of Gear and promises to provide the puppet's location if Shadow Throne absolves him. The god agrees to the deal, but realizes QuickBen's identity just before the wizard escapes. QuickBen returns to his body, recounting this to Kalam. Sari appears. Kalam is unsure how they were found. QuickBen believes she is possessed by Cotillion, assassin of High House Shadow. Sari tells them to contact the Assassin's Guild. They should go to the Phoenix Inn. And then she leaves. QuickBen and Kalam follow her advice and head to the Phoenix Inn. Kruppa meets with Baruch, delivering the word of the eel. Baruch questions Krupp about the identity of Darujistan's preeminent puppet master. Much of the city seems to answer to the eel. Resolved in protecting the coin bearer, they agree to send Crocus out of the city. At the Daral estate, Crocus plans to return the jewelry to Chalice's chamber. So, Indian. Now that we're uh, formally talking about Chapter 12 and Quick Ben's encounter with Shadow Throne. What did you think about um, uh, an, another one of our journeys into the the magical Warrens?
1: I thought it was creepy. Um, I like the dogs. I think that is just. I
0: really love the dogs. I really love the like Shadow Mansion. Yeah,
1: I like the dogs. They're like little people. Um, and I, but I, what I didn't understand mainly was why he like they said a whole plan, but I didn't get it, and I didn't. And is this just? Are we just finding out now that he was an acolyte? Acolyte.
0: Yeah, that's news.
1: What is, is that like a, like a god? Is it like somebody close to a god? Is it?
0: No, an accolade's just like a, like a worshiper. Like he just used to be like, he used to be a priest oh. of High House Shadow in a way.
1: Oh. So did he it, it literally just go there to be like, please don't kill me. I have shit to do. But if you don't kill me, I'll give you, um, hair lock.
0: Yeah, he was like, kill hair lock, absolve me of my crime, and but then But why do they want hair lock?
1: Because he, because he injured him? He, like fought with well,
2: him. Quick, quickben kind of put all the blame on Hairlock and kind of shifted away from Opon and like Perrin hitting mm. him with
1: the sword. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah,
0: they're starting to feel like Hairlock is working against them.
1: I feel that way as well.
0: Yeah, crazy puppet. Josh, what did you think about uh, venturing into the Warren of Shadows?
2: I was sick as shit. <laughs> I don't know what else you want from me, man. Like I'm a huge nerd, and when it's just like, oh, a wizard surrounded by death hounds being escorted to the death god's mansion, they strike a deal. Yeah, like, yep, done. Yeah. You ticked all the boxes.
0: It was pretty how metal. Get, it's Yo, oh,
2: super metal.
0: All righty. Well, it, it, we, and then after after they return, they kind of meet Sorry, and in the who kind of just shows up randomly. And then she sneaks away, and they head off to the Phoenix Inn. Josh, any thoughts about Sorry in this scene?
2: Well, we kind of we kind of knew who she was. Like, I think Shadow Throne it talks to Cotillion in chapter one, and it's, yeah, it's there's, pretty, a, there's it's, a lot of it, it is implied. But I'm glad that like a character has finally been like, you know, I like that was <laughs> good. Now, this brings me to a very important point that I have. Laid on me. Sorry admits in this chapter to killing assassins,
0: but yeah.
2: she's the god of assassins. So yeah. is that like? Isn't that kind of fucked up?
0: Nah, see, this is where you're actually mixed up. She's, uh, she's not the god of absa- assassins. Cotillion is the assassin of High House Shadow. Oh,
2: okay. Is she?
1: But doesn't she have multiple people going on in her? Like she has her like young self. She has that person. She has another person.
0: Oh yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But wait, you're okay, you're right. So, so she... I should say Cotillion is Cotillion is the Cotillion god. Cotillion
2: is C- is the assassin. The assassin of
0: High House Shadow. Okay,
2: and. Have we learned if Cotillion is an ascendant? Is just, like, a uh, is, is Cotillion a god? Like, what do we know?
0: Cotillion is an ascendant, and that is about, I mean, like, okay. you know, Opon, you know, it's like... Got it. Yeah. Okay,
2: cool. That helps.
0: Before we go to the Warren of Shadows, we see Krupa researching and Baruch talking more about the Jagat Tyrant. So, India, this is our second mention of the Jagat Tyrant. Do you have a good idea about what those two words mean put <laughs> together?
2: Um, no, I don't. Josh? Yeah, oof. Jagged Tyrant? Um, well, because the one. I think I've had this exact question and I've asked it on another episode and I fucking forgot. Isn't one of the bridge burners a jagged? No. What, what?
0: One of the bridge burners is a bar gas. That's
2: okay. So are jaggets giants?
0: No, they're. And they're one of the four founding races of the all world. All
2: right. The, the language they used to describe Jaggets, I like really thought they were like a giant race, and I was really confused.
0: Well, they are slightly taller than humans. Okay. But I mean, that's not their defining. I features. mean, all I've
2: got is that there probably was a real strong jacket, Maybe I don't know. Well,
1: they they gotta
0: find them. That's all I know. <laughs> well, in short, the Jaggit were one of the four founding races. The Talani Mass are another one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't they fight? And the, they did fight. They were in a forever war, We and the Jagat...
2: The Jagat mm-hmm. are still alive, right? Didn't the Talana mass leave for that long time to go wipe out some Jagat?
0: Yeah, the Tal- they they're li- in this forever war. The Talani mass have killed a lot of them, okay. and the Jagat generally are loners. They live by themselves because they abhor society, and, from what I understand.
1: But near Darugistan.
0: Well, his t- the Jagat Tyrant's tomb was near D- Darugistan, what, so like... One Jagat decided to be a tyrant and rule over people, okay. which is very jagat Like, was
2: there was the was Lorne attacked by Jagats, or was she attacked by bargas?
0: No, Lorne was. Oh, I I feel so relieved. They did talk about it. Lorne is on her way to look for the tomb of the Jagat tyrant. Yeah. That's
2: what I meant
1: with the two people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but was she? Wasn't she attacked by Jagats?
0: No, she was attacked she was attacked by Bargas.
2: okay, okay. God, those two I get them mixed up a lot. I think I'm gonna continue doing so. Yeah. I get yeah. everything
0: so mixed Lor- up. Lorne is on her way to search for this this tomb of this ancient Jagat ruler. Got it. Got it. Alrighty, thank Christ. Moving on. The chapter ends with us seeing Crocus preparing to climb into Chalice's room. Uh, before we jump into the next chapter, we hear once more uh, uh, about the mysterious eel. Josh, any any eel thoughts? Two called shots.
2: One that's vague and one that's specific. Called shot number one, we've already met the eel. Called shot number two, Kruppa
0: is the eel. India, any called shots?
1: Uh, no, no called shots. You know what? The eel is the, the jag hut
0: the (laughs) jackpot holy shit
1: (laughs) that's that's my that's what it is you will see
0: alright I'm glad we had the chance for Josh to call these shots Um, (gasps) anyway upward and inward Crocus climbs into Chalice's room for chapter 13 chapter 13 Quick Ben and Kalam arrive to the Phoenix Inn spotting the assassin Ralak Nam Quick Ben cast two spells on Kalam and track Rallik Ralak meets his handler Ocelot at the harbor. Certain he is being followed, twelve assassins descend from the sky. Two ambush Kalam and Quick. A fight ensues. Quick escapes and Klam loses track of Ralak Nam. Ralik and Ocelot hide but are attacked by the assassins as well. They defeat them and notice the assassins' bodies disappearing. They escape. Sorcery flaring in the sky. Sari hears the voices of Cotillion, an Itkokan fisher girl, and the seer Riga. She stalks Crocus across the city, following to the diaral estate. She kills a guard and watches him break in. Inside the estate, Crocus returns to Chalice's chamber. Chalice wakes and tells him where to return the jewelry. Crocus introduces himself and tells her one day he'll be a proper, formal suitor. Chalice tells him that the guards are coming, he leaves, but not before seeing Sari. On the rooftops, Kalam battles a wizard. He opens a vial from Tayshran. The high wizard has imprisoned demons within, and Quickben frees one. The demon attacks the assassins, who are revealed to be Tisty Andy. Ralak thinks of the Assassin's Guild. His ambition is to climb in it and meet its leader, Thorkan. He meets with Crocus and warns him about the ambush from the sky. Murillo joins them, saying they are going to head out of the city on Baruch's order. Ralek plans to stay. Anamander Rake has dispatched the demon and observes the casualties of the Tisty Andes ambush. Quickman and Kalam meet up with the Bridgeburners who have finished planning the munitions. They surmise that the Tisty Andy are the ones killing Darugistan's assassins, and Whiskey Jack considers how else they could eliminate the city council. Sari follows Crocus, seeing his protectors, Cole and Murillo, and watches Kruppa escort them out of the city. She follows. Anamanda Rake returns to speak with High Alchemist Baruch. The Tisty Andy have been killing the assassins to prevent the Malazans from using them. Baruch chafes at not being informed. Anamander Rake's sword groans with the sounds of chains. Kruppa speaks with the Elder God Kroll in his dreams. Kroll says that the child Tattersail grows quickly, Kaladan Brood and his Rivy Protector. Through the deck of dragons, Kruppa sees the Knight of High House Darkness, hearing the sound of chains. The Knight is allied with Baruch and the mages of Darujistan, wielding Dragnipper. Kroll warns him of Elder Magic. Brewing within the Gadrobi Hills. Let's do it a little differently. Josh Baker. A lot of things happen in this chapter. Crocus, TISTY, Assassin Battles. Why not why don't you why don't you pick one thing, take us there, take us take us there, my man. Mm,
2: I would like to talk about uh the demon and Quick Ben and Anamander Rake.
0: You and the demons your your eyes are always focused on these bad boys. Well,
2: I mean, as I said, that was the first moment of this book where I was just like, oh, fuck me, I guess. You know, when they just like are <laughs> randomly like and then there's a demon like yeah, you, it's
0: the same type of demon too.
2: Yes. So int- I was very interested to because they've you know they've implied that the Taishrin actually was the one that summoned the demons, not Anamander, and this all but confirms it. Which you know, yeah, which much. basically states that like I mean, then the question is, was Taishrin's original plan to actually succeed in that battle, or just to wipe out a lot of high mages and secure power for himself? Big question. We'll find out later, I assume.
0: Big question. Uh,
2: okay, done with that. Well, for, okay, demon didn't know it would be intelligent. Was a pretty yeah pearl. Honest,
0: Pearl's having a little condo. Honestly,
2: I gotta say that that the ending kind of the ending remark to Quickben was like fucking brutal. Like it tore my heart out. it was like, yeah. do you pity me? Like I was like, because there's been hints about that sword. but That was the moment that I was like, oh, I guess there's something real bad about that sword. And want, and do you, do, do you, and look, very interesting that the demon. God, I'm just. This was one. of I'm just telling you. This is one of my favorite scenes of the book so far. When the demon's like, tell me your name, and Quick Ben says his full name, and he's like, you're supposed to be dead. I was like, first off, sick. Second, how the fuck do you know, demon? <laughs> like, re- was is this demon from that area? <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> Lastly, this sword with chain noises. What's it called again? It's got that sick name with a D. Uh, Dragnipper.
0: Dragnipper. Dragnipper.
2: How dare he just put in such and like an 80s high fantasy bullshit in here <laughs> in this it, like like come on oh yeah the like dark elf stand-in race has led by a king with a magic sword that enslaves souls how dare you steven eddison <laughs>
0: But Dragon is a great Dragon name. Dragon is
2: a sick name. I'm done.
0: All right, India, what did you think about the uh, the battle on the rooftops, uh, Animander Break descending, the demon, Big a lot of stuff happens.
1: All that happened, Peter, but I must say my favorite part by far was when, what's his name? Not K- K- Kalam? He, some, yeah. some some assassin just like decided like, no, you're mine. And it was some woman and they had a very even match. Do you remember that part?
0: I know. I think I think you're talking about when the it's from a Tisty point of view, I think.
1: I I think it's some girl and she's like fighting him, but she's like beating his ass kind of. And I was just like, this is so empowering. But <laughs> that this...
0: I, I could kill a Klan if I wanted yes, to. Yes,
1: this, this, this strong woman is... Just, he just really... He, I, I really enjoyed that. But anyway, mostly I didn't really... It was just like a lot of people fighting, Um, I think. I didn't really understand anything that was happening. This could be, you know, <sighs> we're about two hours and 45 minutes into the books at this point that I'm reading or, or listening to. So maybe I just zoned a little bit of it out, but... I did hear that, and I really liked that part.
0: Hmm. Well, let's let's put a pin in this whole assassins plotline. India at the at later on in the chapter when Anamander Rake meets up with Baruch again, we kind of learn that the Tisty Andy have been the ones killing all of the city's right. assassins in this in this preemptive move to prevent the Malazan Empire from using them. So, what do you think about this kind of preemptive um. strike?
1: Uh, well, I didn't realize that's why they did it, but that kind of doesn't really make much sense just based off of, I guess, the fact that it, uh, I mean, I feel like that's just like saying that you should just kill anyone because you think like Malazan, they either take you and you fight for them or they kill you. So actually, you know, it really wasn't that bad of an idea now that I think about it, because regardless, it would have ended one of two ways and they just chose to fight them now instead of later.
0: Hmm. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, the bridge burners did reach. The bridge burners did plan to reach out to the Assassins Guild with the exact contract they expected. Josh, what did you think about oh, it? Oh
2: yeah, I mean, I, it, this motherfucker's out here playing forty chess. Like, what's up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, and Amanda Rake knows what's yeah, up. That's yeah, for sure. This,
2: this fool's been around the block. <laughs>
0: At the end of the chapter,
2: guys, I have to confess. No. I didn't come up with 4D chess. I read a fuck ton of Game of Thrones articles this week and one of them used 4D chess like 8 times and I just really
0: wanted to put it in there. I didn't come up. I Josh, I didn't think you invented the phrase. I That's just want to uh, set the record straight. Okay.
1: I've never even heard of 4D <laughs> um, chess on. I just kind of let it. I just let it go over my head and stay there.
0: But so you did think Josh had invented the phrase.
1: I did. But Josh, I appreciate your honesty. It makes me have a lot more trust in you for the future.
0: So, Indy, in the last chapter, you talked about liking hearing the different aspects inside. Sorry, conflict. So, what what did you want? How did you feel about that? What may, what resonated you there?
1: I love sorry. I think that sorry is my favorite character. Yeah, for the, but only as of recently because I just understood now the internal battle with like the little girl and the assassin and the other person, and it's like for a brief second, whoever is in control, which I think is the assassin person.
0: Yeah, the the patron of the uh, yeah yeah cotillion
1: they lost control a little bit of sorry and it makes me wonder if like if this internal battle is also going to be um an important part of the story going forward like where she maybe finds herself at some point or there's some kind of i don't know i don't know sorry yeah. I'm, I'm not writing her off
0: yeah, <laughs> India is starting to get invested in this p- specific character. I
1: really like Sorry. I think she's gonna turn good at some point.
0: Honestly, Josh, any Sorry thoughts?
2: oh God, I just want to say Sorry, not Sorry. Um, I don't know. She's like, I mean, she, I find her really interesting because, like, I don't understand her motivations in the slightest. I cannot fake like, like, I guess it- she's there to. I don't know. Just. To ruin the Malazan Empire? Like, I don't know what her large motivations are. I kind of see her short-term ones, but even she's kind of conflicted with it. I don't know. I find her really interesting. Also, cannot wait to see uh, when her entire psyche breaks down as her multiple personalities fight for control.
1: I so agree. Who's gonna win? In that last chapter, like, they said, like, a little kid cried out, and I felt so bad. Like, quietly, though, like, you couldn't really hear it, and it's like, huh, they're coming. They are coming out to play. Her name is Sybil. Not sorry. That's a reference from a girl with multiple personalities. It's a movie. It's really good. Um, <laughs> but yeah.
0: I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you footnoted the reference.
1: Yeah, no problem. Just in case. Check it out.
0: And then she's stalking Crocus to the D'Arl estate. And he returns and puts the jewelry and kind of has a, his a, has a second encounter with this noble woman. Josh, what do you think about Crocus's shots with seducing young Chalice D'Arl?
2: Oh... <laughs> Ah, uh, Crocus is uh listen, he's bold. I'll give him that. <laughs> it's a bold strategy. It's He's putting
0: himself out he's there.
2: He's really putting himself. He you really can't is. You, you can't fault the kid for trying. You can fault him for stealing all of her shit and then trying to put it back in the middle of the night,
0: which is Well, that's okay. That he put it back.
2: All right. Here's an alternative plan. He shows up during the day, claims to have found someone trying to fence these goods, purchased them back seeing the Doral Estates brand on them. What's that? He's a hero. I just thought of that right this moment.
0: But didn't Chalice already oh, see done. him when he stole it? No, like that? he saw a-
2: her. She never opened her eyes. Oh, I think I
0: think you're right. I think you're yeah. right.
2: So that's my plan. Uh, however, I do love his boldness of being like, I'm going to come here suiting you and you're going to know that I'm a fucking thief and you're going to love it.
0: <laughs> India, what do you think about his shot?
1: I think that him and Sari are going to end up together. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, shipping. You but, ship and, sorry so hard.
1: I do. And I also think it's worth mentioning um when sorry was like following him around, I, it just for me, that doesn't really like align with what she's been doing, like following a young man around. I know he's the the coin person or whatever.
0: The coin but, bearer. The coin bearer.
1: Yeah, oh yes, yeah, so I was close. Um I I think that we completely ugh, I'm just so obsessed with her. But I think that we completely skipped over, and I think it's important, so I think it's worth mentioning that, like, one of the people, like, when someone said seer, she got, like, freaked out, and then yeah. one of the people inside her is probably, like, a seer, the se- one of, I don't know what a seer is, but I don't know. Um, is that relevant yeah. to this whole crocus thing, and because th- that's when she kind of had her weird moment, and now she's following him all around,
0: so, yeah. it. Uh, I don't know if it's relevant to the crocus thing, but... We do know that we've met only one other seer in this story, and that is Josh. Your face
2: is it? It's not. Is it the wax witch from from chapter one?
0: Yes. Yes, it is the wax witch. So um is that so th- wait
2: no no
1: that's not the seer that we're talking about inside sorry
2: I don't know it could it could be that she thinks of the seer because it was like the last thing that she but didn't saw the seer that day Did say
1: to like I'm going to be in you and I'm going to be telling you what to Didn't she say something along those lines when she was talking her just walking with her like little well, yeah, she had
0: this prophecy. She was like, Our souls are will be intertwined. Oh. You, I'm not going to leave you anytime soon. She said something like
1: that. See, you see, you see. I knew so- Sorry is actually the protagonist of this story. Case closed.
0: Case closed.
2: I'll put it out here. If Sorry is the protagonist of this story, I'll eat a flip flop.
0: I <laughs> will <laughs> take Alrighty. you up on that. After Sorry uh, sees Crocus, she follows follows him and sees kind of him me- meeting up with his posse, so to speak, to head out into the G- Gadrobi Hills. And we also hear Kruppa being warned that elder magic is brewing in the Gadrobi Hills. Any thoughts about what could be out there?
2: Jag hut. Jag hut. <laughs> Jack hut. Jag, Jag hut. Jag hut. Jag Jag hut. hut. <laughs> I think we're going to stumble across a jagged tyrant. Me too. And by that I mean the tomb of a jagged tyrant. Or more likely, all of these forces are going to meet and it's going to be a shit show.
0: You know, I I'm I I think that's an interesting guess you got. Um <laughs> Good old Peter doesn't show lies on his face bond. Good old poker face Pete. That's what they call you.
1: And for good reason. <laughs> I have no idea um, what you're thinking.
0: We talked a lot this week. We had a lot on our mind, I guess. Yeah.
1: But it's also
0: Yeah,
2: it's not as late as we usually record. We got I'm all so this. proud. We got all this. Wait, is this seventh? Oh my god, we did it!
0: I also think it has a lot to do with like a, a lot of a lot happened in this in these three chapters. It was insane. I remember
2: I, I remember think... reading chapter three specifically, thi- or no, chapter eleven. I remember reading a specifically thinking, "Be like, fuck, this is gonna be annoying to talk about." There's so many things happening. <laughs> They're all over the place.
1: That was me in the beginning, like chapter eleven. It, like I said, in the first ten minutes, I was like, "Okay, well, we could talk about this for fifteen minutes." Mm-hmm. So. I'm, like, I think that, Peter, I want to kudos to you for doing like a really good job leading these discussions because you could go on forever.
2: This is, we're, welcome oh, to Oh, I'm glad to get kudos welcome, on Welcome air. to our new segment, the Kudos Corner.
1: Kudos Corner. Um, and Josh, kudos to you for always knowing what to say.
2: Oh, shucks. Okay, Scott. now
1: for me,
0: both of you. Okay, kudos, <laughs>
2: <laughs> kudos to India um, for coming up with the
0: best segment on this show. Wow, the Bone Zone's taking a hit it's on its first episode already <laughs> for me in rank number two. <laughs> I just really liked, you know, I think I-, I loved reading these two chapters. They're a blast. The most fun I've had this far re- reading the book. And I think it has a lot to do with like, you know, it's like the character, all the characters are in the same room. I mean, not all of them literally, but it's like all the plot lines. It's like the starting of them being woven together. You know, we're all in the city. We're all dealing with the same problems. We're you all
2: know? in to stay together. Yeah, I got you.
0: Yeah, just just like that. So it was just, you know, it's exciting to have everyone there. Um, so I, I really got a kick out of these three chapters. I
2: also think it's
1: becoming easier to read. Like, well, mm, I shouldn't say easier to read, but... because um, it's You not. heard
0: it here first. It's easy for India to no. read the book. No, no,
1: no. It's the worst book I've ever <laughs> read in my life. However... However, um, now that all the characters are defined, even though sometimes I still confuse them, it's easier to understand who they are as char- like and why what they're saying and why they're saying and how they speak. I think it's becoming more.
2: I'll, not say, I'll easy. say I'll say this, India. Speaking of which, I'm looking at the Dramatis Personae. Not a ton of names left that we haven't gotten to.
0: Yeah, you've you've certainly met every major character. There's this thing though that I, I it is a pet peeve of mine that Erickson does. We're like. They'll meet, you know, like Dubo on the street and I'll be like, oh, hey, Dubo. And then they'll move on. And Dubo will be in like two sentences and he'll get to be in the Dramatis Personae. Yeah. So then you look at it and you're like, man, there's 600 characters. And it's like, no, there's like there's a lot of very minor characters sometimes m- mentioned.
1: I also, since we're talking about things that we hate. Um, <laughs> well,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no.
1: Oh, oh, well.
0: No, please go ahead. I was just.
1: I hate that people have multiple names. That really that steams me. That is the worst.
0: That steams you. Who has
2: multiple names?
1: Well, they have like multiple. Like they will have like a first name type thing, and then they'll be like, "Oh, he's the something, like the coin, the coin bearer, uh, but his name oh, is yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. so like I somebody gotcha. will refer a lot to him. and the adjunct. Yeah, exactly. exactly. the high
2: fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So they'll, and then they'll call them by like one name or the other, but I'm yeah. not, how am I supposed to remember? Like you just said Lauren and the adjunct and I didn't even remember that she was the adjunct. But now I'm like, oh yeah, she was pretty badass, that adjunct. Yeah.
0: She's a strong, independent woman. That's
1: right. She don't need no man. Mm.
0: Before I ask for any predictions, because we're about halfway through the book now, I did want to read my favorite Kruppa quote from this week. And it is uh, when he is reading about the crippled god, he feels like the passage is too verbose and stands up and says, brevity, Kruppa prays for brevity, which I think is a deeply ironic <laughs> yeah. line. So I
1: I don't get I it.
0: Really... <laughs> <laughs> Kruppa likes Kruppa is not a brief man, in my opinion.
1: Oh, no, no. All of his parts feel like they go on for days, especially his dreams.
0: Especially his dreams.
1: His dreams take up like a whole half of the the first book. Not really, but you know, you know what I'm saying.
0: Alrighty, let's wrap this bad boy. Let's up. wrap um, it. As always, we're ten very big books on Twitter and at Gmail. If you like our podcast, uh let someone know, subscribe, tell a friend about it. Let us know what you think about the show or the book. We'd love to hear. And before we go, as always, uh We've, we've had a few called shots this week, but India, do you want to hazard a prediction for what's going to happen in the Garobi Hills?
1: In the Garobi Hills, we are going to find the ongoing battle between the Taklamiman and the Jat Huts, and we are going to actually have a victory.
2: Josh? <laughs> <clears throat> I seriously hope that the trio from Darujistan links up with Lorne and Tool but they don't know their enemies and there's like a sweet chapter of them chilling and then like the end of this book is them realizing. I'd be pretty hyped. Hmm. That's a really good one. I've read a lot of fantasy.
0: Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens. I'm feeling uh, mine's
1: going to be the one though, guys.
0: <laughs> um, as always, thanks for listening. See you soon.
1: See you soon.
2: Bye.
0: Uh, so See you soon, Gardens of the Moon. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Producer AJ here. Continued thanks, as always, to everybody who's listening and sharing and discussing the podcast on Reddit and Twitter. We got our first email this week, and we'd love to get some more 10 very big books at gmail.com, and you can also tweet us at 10 very big books. We also, of course, want to thank Dan Geserich for making our wonderful logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan geserick for the hottest Pedialyte takes, and of course, All the music for the show comes from Amaranthon's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on Bandcamp. Links to their pages will be in the show notes, and 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on July 5th, as our heroes make their way to the Gadrobi Hills. Thanks so much for listening.